In the um, prophetic word that Brother Jerry shared and that we're so pr glad that we can take hold of, he says it's a Psalm 20 moment for you. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 20. Amen. Psalm 20. Because it's a Psalm 20 moment for you. Why don't you just say that? It's a Psalm 20 moment for me. Yes. Hallelujah. It's Psalm 20. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to read the very first part of what's in my Bible for Psalm 20. I'm not sure if even we put it up there. It might, but if you, you need to look at your own Bible, maybe. Or I don't know whether the benefit of having physical Bible is it has all these extra little bits sometimes that you might skip. Because you might think that Psalm 20 starts with, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. But I've got something just above that. How many have something just above that line? I don't know whether. Just above, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble for Psalm 20, which is the start, start of the psalm, but there's just something above it. Anyone got something just above? It says, for the choir director. Oh, that's nice. You often probably don't pay much attention to that bit. It's for the choir director. And then it says, a psalm of David. Well, you say, well, excuse me for not paying attention for those two little things, which are above a lot of psalms, I'm guessing. Um, you, you do realize that David didn't write every psalm. Put up his hand here if you did not realize that David wrote, did not write every psalm. You thought David wrote 150 psalms? No, David did not write every psalm. Some of them we don't know who wrote them, but some of them we've had like Psalm 88. It says, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Or... Psalm 89, it's a mascule of Ethan, the Ezraite. Actually, don't know what a mascule is, but this Psalm 89 one is one. <laughs> Psalm 90 is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. So there's some that are named, some that aren't, but many of them start like this, like Psalm 19 starts for the choir director, a Psalm of David. Psalm 20 for the choir director, a psalm of David. Psalm 21, for the choir director, a psalm of David. So why am I pointing out for Psalm 20? What, why did I suddenly need to say, hang on, let's just point out who wrote it and who did he write it for? Because I want you just to use a little bit of imagination with me. Because this psalm was written for a very particular purpose. And I want you to imagine why David felt the need to write his own psalm here. Because this psalm is actually designed to be written for people to sing to the king. It's, been, it's, a, it's a psalm designed to sing as the king is leading his armies out into battle. And so I just took a little bit of liberty to imagine all the other songwriters who tried to write this psalm first. I know it's not in the Bible, but this is just what I'm... To sing, they're saying, okay, let's write a song. So you've got Mahazriel. He's not as well known as the other songwriters because his, his, his songs didn't actually make it to the cut. All right. But that's all right. Because they said, Mahazriel, the king, is facing... 
a battle because the Philistines are coming in. You've seen their chariots. You've seen the horses. They're coming over the hill. We need to sing a song as David goes out. And so my Hazriel sings a song, help! We're going to get smashed! Oh, help, 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 help! We're going to get smashed, smashed, smashed! So as David's leading out, Mahazrael's leading them in this new song that is written, David makes mental note, change song leader for next battle. So again, there's word that the Amorites are rising up and we're going to get them. So Elishiva gets the job. So he's out there singing and leading them. We didn't see this coming. We should have been better prepared. We had no idea this was going to happen. What have we been doing, wasting all our time, sitting here happily while this enemy was coming? David's making note. Need new song. <laughs> so they head out third time. The enemy's coming over the hill in their chariots. This time David's had a bit of a word to the um, song leader and said, you know what? They're very negative songs. I don't want a negative song being sung when I'm going out into battle. So Shimeon says, I got it. So Shimeon leads him in a song as David's coming out saying, oh, our king is the most amazing king ever. He's the wisest and strongest and best king there is. We can't lose with a king like David. David goes, oh, dear God. This is not helpful. <laughs> so there's a little further word to them. He says, it's not about me. I'm not the one who gets the victory. Hedadiah says, got this. So when David's coming out in his chariots and the armies, Hedadiah stands and leads them all. We've got the best armies. We've got the strongest horses. Our soldiers are more than capable. We will win. Because our army's the best. And David's like. David says, you know what? I think I'll just write it myself. <laughs> so that's why Psalm 20 starts with, for the choir director, a psalm of David. <laughs> David says, this is the song I want to hear as I'm going into battle. Now, this is from someone who knows what it is to go into battle, who knows what it is to trust in the arm of the Lord, who knows what it is to face Goliaths, who knows what it is to face a multitude that's way above the numbers that he could face. To know what it is like to have the anointing of God come upon him, but also who knows what it is to lead the mighty men and the warriors of Israel into battle and see supernatural strength come upon them and an ability. They did not win their battles because they were the best and, and the most capable soldiers. We sort of elevate them at times because of the mighty men. But they, it says they went into battle and they fought giants. And they, but it talks about the fact that the anointing and the power of God would come on them and they would win the battle. 
David says, I want a psalm that is going to work with me when I go into battle. I want the psalm that will actually complement everything I need to hear and have sung and declared as I'm going into battle. This psalm will reflect what I am thinking and focusing on as I go into battle. This psalm is what I want the Israelites to be singing and cheering and declaring. He says, here is a psalm for us to declare, both when I go into battle and when I come out of battle, victorious. This is our victory battle, both going in and our victory battle on the other side. That's what it's designed for. It's a song to be sung, not just going in, but to be sung, sung at the end. Hallelujah. David says, I want a purpose-built song that just works with what God is doing. Hallelujah. So let us read David's purpose-built psalm written for the choir so they could lead both the Israelites, but also they would be leading the armies, the soldiers, the warriors. These are the songs that they would sing with them. It's in two halves. Verses 1 to 5 is the first half, first verse, first part. I've actually written, drawn a line in my Bible, part 1, and then I've drawn from verse 6 on, part 2, because it, 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 there's two parts to it. The first part is, is the cry from the people of God calling on the Lord for help as they go into battle. But what is it they want that David wants them to lift up? He says, may Yahweh answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. May he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. May he remember all your meal offerings and find your burnt offering acceptable. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your counsel, all your purpose and plans. We will sing for joy over your victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. It's interesting. We had banners this morning. May Yahweh fulfill every petition to, o- to overflowing. That's a note I've put there. Let's just stop there for a sec. It's a let God. It's a, it's a prayer. It's a prayer. And he calls on the name. The, the use of the name of God is something I'm still in a process of getting my head and heart around, okay? It's, I'll, I'll take you to the journey to where I'm at now, and you can join me as when I get revelation and God gives you revelation. I just want you to see that the, the, use the name of the Lord, it's used differently to what I would use in normal speech. The only reason I speak like this is because I'm, I'm often echoing Bible, but it's not how I normally talk about things. Um, just think about it. If, if Brooke wanted help from me as her father and she said, can someone go and ask Dad? And so, you know, I want, can you ask Dad to come and help me lift these boxes? 
call on the name of my dad to help me lift this box, please. You don't say the name of my dad. You just say dad. I don't, I don't put the name. I don't call on the name of. I call on the person. Does that make sense? It's not, it's not how I normally talk. I don't normally say the name of someone. I just refer to their name. Three times in this psalm, it talks about the name of God. Verse 1, it says, May the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. Verse 5, And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. And verse 7, We will boast in the name of the Lord our God. So normally we would just, we, if, just think, if we're writing these things, we, unless we're sort of doing spiritual Bible-type language, in normal language, we wouldn't put the in, in the name of. It's just not what we naturally do. So I'm like, what does this mean? Why do we, you know, um, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Okay, for instance, that's another psalm. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Well, what does that mean? Well, what I mean is that God is my strong tower. I, never, I actually don't think that his name is my strong tower. I think that God is my strong tower. Is that right? So if I was telling someone, hey, who's, they say, who do you rely on? I say, I rely on God. What's his name? Jesus. I rely on Jesus. Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my tower. I wouldn't say the name of Jesus is my tower. I'd actually say, well, he, he, not this, it's not the name because I would confuse people. Jesus is. And yet the psalmist says, the name of the Lord, or the name of Yahweh, is my strong tower. The righteous run into it. So why do they use this sort of language, putting the name of, not just talking about him? And so um, turn with me to Psalm 91, just to get another way time that the name is used Psalm 91 verse 14 this is God speaking about the person who has come under his covering it says because he has loved me therefore I God will deliver him and I will set him securely and high because he has known my name he has known my name now this is not like a pop quiz who knows the name of God that's not what it's meaning. It's not meaning who knows the name of God. Well, you get his protection. Do you know his name? What's his name in Psalm 91? Oh, oh, it's a test, isn't it? How many know the Hebrew name for God in Psalm 91? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of Shaddai. His name is, ah, oh, I know his name now. Shaddai, Almighty. See, and so you say, God, I know your name, so therefore you will protect me. That's not what it means. What it means is, um, and we had the most beautiful example of this when we were having, I think, our third child, and, which is Brooke. I knew, I knew the name. <laughs> I, just, just, I think Christine remembers the story. Because we had the older two. When Christine was going into, um, we're getting ready to go to the hospital. It was the nine months. And... Caitlin said, who will, we go, who, who will we be with? Who will we be with? You know, when you go into hospital, because daddy might, you know, because we're saying daddy might have to take mummy in. But and she said, who will we be with? And we say, you'll be with grandma and grandpa. They'll come down. She goes, oh, good, because they know me. They know my name. 
Amazing little phrase. I never heard it. She said, they know my name. What she meant was, they know me. There's a relationship there. They know me. And she used the phrase, which I'd never heard, they know my name. And I think in that is the truth of this. Those who know him by name. Okay? If you went and met someone who um, was the prime minister or the president or the king or the queen, you never meant to use their first name. Protocol says you address them by their title. But if they took you to the side, said, come over here, let's have a coffee, and you said, oh, thank you, Prime Minister. No, 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 call me by my first name. It's changed the relationship. It's now personal. If you get to call them by their first name, it's because you are given access into who they are. So the name of someone can reflect their true and real character and who they really are and an opportunity for you to engage with them. Let's go back to Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Israel set you securely on high. I believe when it's talking about the name of God, it's talking about a deep and real connection with God himself, not just an outward look at his title and his greatness from the outside, but it's a deep connection with who he is. This is the living God, the real God. We know him by name. We are calling on him. We are calling on the name of the Lord, our God. We are connecting with him by name. This is not just giving him a title, but by his name. David says, when you cry out, when we lift up our voice, when we're going into battle, I want us to call on the name of our God. I want it to be deeply personal, and I want it to be deep in us relationally. This is our God we are calling on. We're calling on him in the day of our trouble. And we're calling on the name of our God who sets us securely on high. And we're saying, may he send us help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. In other words, David, I know you're going to be out on battle, but we're looking for help that comes from heaven. We're looking for help that comes. Now, back in those days, the presence of God was in the tabernacle. It was in the sanctuary. That was where the presence of God was. And they're calling for David to, even though he's be out on battle, this is where our help is coming from. And from the name of our God means from the real God that's in there. We're connecting with not just sort of a, some sort of um, token or talisman. You know, We're not sort of saying, you know, um, giving you something like a, a rabbit's foot, you know. We hope you're all, you know, because we're giving you a bit of something that will connect you. No, no, this is the real God. We're calling on him to go with you. And then David says, I want you to put in remembrance of God of something. And you think, oh, yes, how many swords we've got, how many chariots we have, the, how many horses we're riding. He says, let's remember all the offerings that have been made before God and God has received. Let's remember all the small offerings and then there's the, the burnt offerings. 
the larger of. And there's a, there's a good opportunity, you can go back, I think Book of Deuteronomy talks about going into battle, and they would offer up an offering, a specific offering. I'm sure that David, before he went into battle, would have the high priest prepare a special offering and say, we're trusting in you. But this talks beyond that. It talks about that offering, the burnt offering, but all the meal offerings, the small offerings, the offerings, the ongoing offering. I like to remind God, we've got good seed in the ground. <laughs> we've got good seed in the ground when we're going into battle. This is, Lord, we, we, we have sown and given financially, emotionally, physically. We've, Lord, we've got good seed in the ground. Not in the sense of, oh, God, you ought to pay us back. But this puts a relationship. It says, not only are we going into battle, but before there's a battle, this is the relationship we have. This is I'm offering to you, and you are receiving my offering. We are connected, Lord, we're sowing, we're giving. So now that I'm going into battle, I think it's interesting that David said, I want, let's remember what we're going in from and the connection we have with God and the seeds that have been sown and the provisions that have been paid for. And then they say, may he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your counsel. I'm not going to take the time, but you can look at Isaiah 29, 15, Isaiah 36, 5, Isaiah 30, verse 1. These three references talk about this word in the sense of battle plans, the counsel and plans that people make. This is not just anything that's on his heart and mind. He has, been, he has received battle plans from God, and he has been... He said, fulfill every battle plan that God has given you. We are sent, David, we are singing that God will fulfill everything that he's shown you, every strategy he's given you, every plan that's on your heart. You're going to see them succeed. Hallelujah. And we will sing for joy over your victory. Amen. Hey, David, let's put a little bit of past tense in here because this is how it works when you're in faith. We're singing for joy over your victory. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners and may the Lord fulfill every one of your petitions. Everything you ask for, you're going to come back declaring that. Hallelujah. I can understand why David's going out on the chariot and he's hearing that from the sides he's going. Yeah. That's, that's the type of victory song. That's what I want my soldiers to sing as we go into the camps. That's what I want us to sing the morning that we're going into battle. This is the song that we sing. Then there's something very interesting happens, part two. And I want to share something here that wasn't obvious to me when I looked at it. It says, now I know. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Turn to the person next to you and say, now I know. Oh, now I know. Now I know. What do you know? I know that the Lord saves his anointed. I want to read to you, this is from um, a commentary I was read, the New International Commentary of the Old Testament. Um, it starts with this word now, Hebrew word atta. I don't know how it, that's my pronunciation. Apology to everybody who speaks Hebrew, both here and in the world. But it's atta, now. 
This word, it says, is, it's often the case in Psalms that this word atta signals the turning point in a poem. It's a turning moment. Now. So it's actually a, we're going to pivot. We're going to switch. We're going to change. Something's changed in the psalm. So not only is it the second verse more of the same, now tells you, oh, we're pivoting. We're making a change here. For instance, in, um, um, oh, we will read this one, Psalm 39, verse 7. You see it? It says, um, verse 7, And now, Lord, for what do I wait? It's a, there's a change in this psalm. In um, Psalm 12, verse 5. It's also in Psalm 2, but I won't read that one. Psalm, psalm 12, verse 5. Um, First part says, because of the devastation of the afflicted, because of the groanings of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he longs. It's a pivotal. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now. And so it's like a, the psalm that has taken a, a, a shift. It signals. The, it's... Um, this is literally what the commentary says. It signals that the psalm has changed footing. It's changed from hopeful intercession to that of a confident proclaimer. Something shifts. It comes on. God do this. God do this. God do this to a confident, this is what God's going to do. The confident proclaimer of good news. Something. Now. It's a change. And then I know. Yadati. Again, apologies. The next word puts, continues the change of mood. Um, I know, um, and you, I'm going to use Psalm 56, verse 9. Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know. God is for me. Amen. It's a chain... Enemies, but this I know. God is for me. Psalm 41.11. Let me just read that to you. By this I know that you are pleased with me because my enemy does not shout in triumph for me. This I know is like a key point. The term expresses trust in God. It's the confidence God, it's this confidence in God that is the basis for the turn. Now, the complete phrase that puts them together, the ati yadati, now I know, signals the unveiling of an earth-shattering revelation. That's from the commentary. It says, putting them together means we're going to switch over and we're going to know something that's going to bring change to this whole thing. David said, when we sing, no more of this, oh, we're in so much trouble. No more of, oh, how amazing are we? No more is my, David's got it all worked out. No more of, oh, God, if only we'd prepare. He said, I want us to sing, and I want us to call upon God. I want us to remember the sacrifices. I want to say the plans are going to be full. And then he said, now I want to sing this. I want to say, now I know that the Yahweh saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. 
Some boast in chariots. I think he's talking to that song leader there. <laughs> some boast in chariots and some in horses. But we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. We'll boast in the fact that we really know God. Our boast is in the fact that we know him. We have a God that we know. Oh, they have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. It's a pivot switch. Bang. We know we've got this because we know who our God is. And he's got us and he's got us in his hand. David says, oh, that's the psalm I want us to sing. And then they sing, save, O Lord, may the king answer. It's in the day we call. Now here it's unclear, but New American takes the line. The king we're talking about is God. The king. May the king answer us in the day we call. Save us. Rescue us. Hallelujah. David said, I wanted to write a purpose-built psalm for when I go out into battle. That will work for when we go out and when we come back. It covers everything because it's the psalm of victory. Because now I know. We sing, we sing of the victory when we're going out. We sing of the victory on the way out. We sing of how God is going to rescue us on the way out. So we can sing it when we come back and say, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. We don't trust him. See, we're going out with all our might. He said, I'm not trusting in our might. I'm trusting in the fact that we have brought sacrifices to God and God has received those. We are in good relationship with our God. Now, I'm not, in us, we don't have to sort of, it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not like we've done good works. It means that we are in right relationship with the covenant-keeping God. This is who we are. And we are in covenant relationship with our God through Jesus and what he's done. Hallelujah. It's how we go out. It's the song we sing. And this prophetic word says, God hasn't forgotten you and you're ever before his face and he's always got you in his mind. It's a Psalm 20 moment for you. This psalm has been brought to our attention as the psalm for us at this moment. God wants us to join in the victory song and to sing it with the same understanding and the same anointing and same connectedness that David wanted Israel to connect with. This psalm is psalm that gives insight into his whole mindset about what is important in victory. Three times, it's all about the name of our Lord. We are connected to a God we know, a God we know, and a God we know. Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just say to the Lord, that's my psalm. That's my, that's, oh, hallelujah, that's my psalm. Hallelujah, it's the psalm to take me into battle and to take me through the battle and take me on the other side of the battle and, Lord, into the victory. I appreciate that word that Jay gave just before I came up. It's like, you know what? This is not a time for wallowing in, why has this happened to me or it's so unfair. 
He referenced Paul and Silas in prison. They could have had a huge pity party. But instead, it says they were singing hymns and psalms to God. Oh, wouldn't it be good to find out they... When we get to heaven, let's ask them, did you sing Psalm 20? <laughs> what psalm were you singing? What songs were you singing? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I can't imagine they were singing the songs. Oh, we're in such a mess. We don't know what we're going to do. Ah, it doesn't sound like those sorts of psalms. It sounds like they were singing praises to God and glorifying Him. Hallelujah. In this prophetic word by Dr. Seville, it says, this is not the time to give up. Amen. It's not Amen. the time to back off. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting His word. Let's actually sing Psalm 20 over our situation. Hallelujah. Let's walk around in your home and you lift up your hands and why don't you make up your own tune to Psalm 20 and just sing and proclaim and declare. Hallelujah. Lord, this battle is one that God, you've got your hands all over. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, there is seed in the ground. I want to just acknowledge, Lord, you have received my 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 sacrifices, my giving, my offerings. You have received these things, Lord, and I declare they are working. Father, so there is victory. And now I know. Oh, you've got deliverance for me, the anointed of God. Hallelujah. I know Yahweh saves his anointed. I know he answers from his holy heaven. I know you save us with the saving strength of your right hand. Hallelujah. I know. I have confidence in this. Hallelujah. 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 This is my psalm, Lord, for me to sing going into victory. This is the psalm for us to sing as Breakthrough Church going into our victory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Just lift up your own voice. Just give up. Give, speak out of your own heart right now. Just hallelujah. Where's Brooke?